What comes to mind when you hear the word confession? If you're like me, your mind starts to think of someone guilty confessing to their crime. Perhaps you think of some teenager holding a boombox over his head playing In Your Eyes by Peter Gabriel. In your eyes. Maybe you think of someone sitting in a booth with a priest telling of their recent sins. All of these are forms of confession. And usually when we think of confession, we think of someone uh, admitting something that they've been hiding. But the truth is the word has a much simpler definition than that. To confess simply means to tell the truth. When one confesses to a crime, one tells the truth about their involvement in something illegal. When one confesses their love for another, one is telling their truth about their romantic feelings for another. When one confesses to a priest, one tells the truth about the actions they've committed that have offended a holy God. But there's a positive side to confession. We confess our faith in God. We confess that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, we confess the Holy Spirit is the divine helper sent by Jesus to his followers. And to confess these things means we believe it is truthful and correct to affirm their divinity. Tonight, I wanna to introduce you to the concept of confessional Christianity. We've just recently finished our summer series going through the Sermon on the Mount. And it's been 13 weeks of looking at the words of Jesus, defining for us what it looks like to be a kingdom-minded person. The sermon unpacks many ideas of how a true follower of Jesus can be a part of the kingdom of God, but it does so by showing the disciples how they are to be. In our culture, we are usually more concerned about what it is that we must do. And this is where there can be confusion in Christianity. The things we do are often formed by the things that we believe. If I believe I'm a failure and unworthy of love, it will affect my actions and relationships. If I believe I have nothing to offer at my job, it will affect how I perform tasks at work. But if I believe I'm skilled at something, it changes the effort that I put into using that skill. Confessional Christianity is all about what we believe because what we believe informs what we do. If we wanna be kingdom-minded disciples of Jesus, we need to start by believing the right things about him. If we wanna love God and give our lives to serving his church, we need to believe the right things about him so we can love him the way he wants to be loved and serve him the way that he wants to be served. Confessional Christianity is about the truths we declare that define us as Christians. Confessional Christianity helps us define what a Christian has to believe in order to be called one. There are many ways we do this in the church today. Churches recite the Lord's Prayer. They recite the Apostles' Creed. These are all forms of confession that help define our beliefs. But one of the simplest and most common forms of confession today takes place when we sing songs of worship together. Have you ever stopped to think about the songs we sing? I mean, really thought about the lyrics to the songs that we sing every week. Every single song we sing is meant to be a confession of our faith, whether it's a declaration of the truth about God's nature, a truth about what Jesus has done for us, a truth about how Jesus loves us, or even a truth about how I will respond to the character of God or how I will live my life for Jesus in response to his love for me. So tonight, that's where I want you to set your heart's focus. Sing these songs with us as a confession, but let your mind ponder the words, what they mean, how they confess a truth about God, His nature, His love for you, or how they are a confession of how you want to live your life in response to all that He has done for you. All of these songs convey a truth worth declaring. Let your mind consider what that is, and let your heart be stirred as you experience the presence of the Holy Spirit moving among you all. God delights in the praises of his people. God delights when we bring truthful offerings to him as an act of worship. That's why we sing. So there will be some liturgical aspects to our worship night tonight. We'll do some corporate readings. We'll witness a public confession of faith, but all it's all meant to help us confess this most important truth, that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and he is worthy of our worship. As we begin tonight, I want to introduce to you the oldest hymn outside of the Bible, the Phos Hilarum. Written, written originally in either the late third or the early fourth century, the Phos Hilarum means, O gladsome light in English. It's been called the lamp lighting hymn in the past because this hymn was sung every evening when the evening light was carried into the church. A lantern would be lit and carried to the church to signify the beginning of the evening service, and the congregation would sing the Phos Hilarum as it arrived. 
So would you join me tonight as we welcome the evening light into our church? And as we do so, we ask the bright light of God's glory to shine brighter than anything tonight. Amen. So would you stand and join me as we read the Fos Pale, gladdening light of his pure glory poured, who is the immortal Father, heavenly blessed, holiest of holies, Jesus Christ our Lord. Now we are come to the sun's hour of rest, the lights of evening round us shine. We hymn the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit divine. Worthiest art thou at all times to be sung with undefiled tongue, Son of our God, giver of life alone, Therefore, in all the world, thy glory is Lord, thine own.
We are so glad to have you with us tonight in the house, those of you joining us online for a worship night. So just real quick, uh, if you're new and you happen to be maybe a first-time guest, uh, I'm Jack, one of the pastors here, and as you heard Lyle talk about in the video, uh, this is about confessional Christianity, which is about us confessing to God. This is the truth. So every word you sing tonight, just lean into it. Think about it. Dwell upon it. Uh, if you get to a place where you feel like you need to have a seat, that's fine. Have a seat. We're going to have a couple other videos in here. You can be seated during the videos. We're going to worship throughout the night. There's no preaching tonight. You just, you and I get to just worship God for who he is, put our full attention on him. And so we're thrilled to have you here. If you happen to be a guest with us, we'd love to invite you to download our free app. If go to, just simply go to the app store of your choosing. Download Element City Church. You can fill out the connection card right on there, or you can text the word hello to our text number, 520-340-6868. Just text hello to that, and we'd love to connect with you. We have a 10-minute party in the back. We'd love to kind of hear your story a little bit more at the end of the service tonight. We're going to have a baptism and a celebration tonight, and so we're just super excited for you to be a part of this experience, whether you're from on home or here in the room. And so uh, we're going to just take a moment to pray. We do this every week. We pray for the Church of the Week, because uh, we know if there's a million plus people people in southern Arizona that aren't connected into any faith community. And we can't reach all of them, and so we believe in the capital C church as well as elements. So let's just pray for our time, and let's pray for His Presence Church and Pastor Randy, who's there, and let's ask God's blessing over them and our time tonight. And so, Father, we gather to put our full attention, our full affections on you tonight. In this next hour, God, would you just inhabit the praises of your people? Father, we pray over Pastor Randy and uh, his presence church. We ask your blessing upon them. God, would you uh, give the provision that's needed? Would you give the leadership that's needed? Would you bless their leaders to have influence and impact in, in their realm of the city where you've placed them? And God, we pray for Element City Church tonight. God, would you just inhabit um, this, this place in a way that your spirit's presence would feel free to linger and, and, and mingle with our hearts, that these words that we sing would reverberate deep in our soul, and that you, Holy Spirit, would speak to us in a way, no matter whether we've been walking with Jesus for a long time or we're just kind of investigating spiritual things. Would you meet us in a fresh and encouraging way tonight, we pray. We give all of this worship, all of our attention to you. 
you deserve all the best and more. So Father, we worship you tonight. We worship you in word. We worship you in song. We worship you with our hearts and our spirit's delight, we pray in Jesus' name.
27 verse 11 through 15. I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your wonders of old. I will ponder all your work and meditate on your mighty deeds. Your way, O oh God, is holy. What God is great like our God. You are the God who works wonders. You have made known your, mind, your might among the peoples. You with your arm redeemed your people, the children of Jacob and Joseph. to you from the front to the back as we lift our hands let's sing these words
Have you ever stopped to think about the legacy of faith that's gone before you? Think about it. You can trace your own discipleship all the way back to Jesus. Jesus sent out disciples who made disciples. And that process of disciples making disciples has continued for thousands of years to where you are today. How have you maintained or how have we maintained some core truths that Jesus taught to his followers to this day? We've done it through confessional Christianity. The Lord's Prayer, the Apostles' Creed, Phos Hilaron that we read earlier together. These are all examples of confessions that the church has used to pass on some core tenets of Christianity from one generation of disciples onto the next. You see, we know the Bible is God's word, but we also know there are some ideas in the Bible that can be difficult to understand. Even today, many intelligent scholars have spent their lives seeking to understand what the Bible says, and even they don't always agree with each other. But honest controversy creates lasting union. Perhaps you've looked at our culture today and noticed there's an increased attack on Christian morals. Maybe the values we see in scripture are meant to help people flourish, but yet in our current cultural moment, that speaks against some of those values. The good news is that's really nothing new. In fact, the early church faced far greater threats to its doctrine than we do today. And when there was a threat to the central teachings of the church or a threat to the application of the teachings of the Bible, a large group of church leaders would gather together for many weeks, they would debate ideas, they would work out to the best of their ability, here's what the scripture is communicating. These church leaders would spend time in prayer, they would seek the Holy Spirit's wisdom, they would seek his guidance, they would passionately argue with each other until they would reach a strong consensus. See Acts 15, when the disciples did this. And because honest controversy creates lasting union, they would write a unified statement of belief. Oftentimes these statements became known as creeds. And the purpose of a creed is to provide a doctrinal statement of correct belief, and it's often served to distinguish believers from non-believers. The creeds were meant to, to bring understanding to the global church of what it means to confess to be a follower of Christ. One of these creeds is the Nicene Creed. The original Nicene Creed was adopted in 325 AD at the First Council of Nicaea, a council convened by the Roman Emperor Constantine. The council was called to order the address to, around the controversy of the origins and the divinity of Jesus himself. In 381, the creed was further kind of revised as a statement of belief about the divinity of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Still used today in many denominations, the Nicene Creed has withstood the test of time because it continues to unite the church over key doctrinal statements. This creed helps us maintain the same faith, the same core beliefs held by the followers of Jesus who birthed the early church. And so tonight we join in with millions of believers who have gone before us affirming these words in the Nicene Creed. So would you join me in speaking these words aloud as a confession of our faith in God the Father, Jesus Christ the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth and all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven, was incarnate of the Holy Spirit and Virgin Mary, and became truly human. For our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death, was buried, 
and on the third day he rose again, in accordance with the scripture. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. And he will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is worshiped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Oh
With our focus on confessional Christianity tonight, it's important to note that not all forms of confession require words. There are several forms of confession we observe in the Western Christian Church that affirm our belief in God. Weddings can be a form of confession, not just confessing our love for another, but confessing our belief that marriage is a symbol of the love that Jesus has for his bride, the church. Communion is another form of confession where we declare our remembrance of how Jesus' body was broken and his blood was poured out for us so that we could have salvation. Baptism is another public confession of faith in Jesus. Though there are instances where baptism occurs in the Old Testament, it has taken on a much more significant meaning since the time of John the Baptist. The word baptized comes from the Greek word baptizo, which refers to the act of dipping or immersing an object in water to signify its cleansing. Today, baptism is considered one of the sacraments of the church in most Christian denominations. Many consider getting baptized to be one of the first acts of obedience a Christian performs to signify their newly found devotion to Jesus. When we make a commitment to receiving Jesus as our Lord and Savior, we confess that our salvation comes from Him. But that's only one half of the equation. Many of us love to confess Jesus as Savior, but do we really confess Him as Lord? To confess that Jesus is Lord means that what Jesus says to do, I'm going to do. Jesus modeled for us the importance of being baptized. So if we confess Jesus as Lord, then we should be baptized as believers. Traditionally, baptism is done at one of two stages in life. Scholars have actual names for that. The first is called paedo-baptism, which happens when a newborn child is baptized. Many of you may be familiar with how this is done in the Catholic Church or the Presbyterian Church, and even several denominations in the Christian Church continue to do this to this day. We at Element City Church believe in a form of baptism that's called credo-baptism. As Jack just shared about creeds, it's important to note that the word credo is Latin, and it literally translates to the phrase, I believe. And so when we baptize someone in this church, it's a physical confession affirming a person's belief in Jesus and affirming their belief in the meaning of baptism. So what does it mean to be baptized? Baptism is a way for us to more closely identify with the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. When we immerse someone below the water, we signify the death of the person as we've known them up to that point. Everything that happened in that person's life till then happened when they lived a life apart from Christ. Paul calls this the old man. And dipping below the water, the old person is now dead and buried. And when lifting the person out of the water, we often say they were raised to walk in the newness of life. The old is gone and the new has come. This new person is now spiritually reborn, brought into a new life as a new creation with Jesus as Lord and Savior. This credo baptism is a physical act confessing, I believe. I believe that I've placed my hope in Jesus and I confess that Jesus is Lord of my life and I will follow after him and live out his ways for the rest of my life. And those of us who bear witness to a baptism are now in the position to help hold the believer accountable to following the ways of Jesus as we welcome them to be a deeper part of the church community, teaching them how to become a disciple of Jesus. Tonight, we get to witness this confession of faith. And so with great joy, we now baptize one of our own. That's right, I wanna introduce you to my friend, Megan Lawler. Megan, say hello. Hi guys. Everyone say hi, Megan. Hi. All right, and Megan has made the decision to follow after Jesus. And so she came to me a couple weeks ago and said that she wanted to be baptized. And so it was with great pleasure that we get to do that tonight uh, together. So, Megan, question for you. Do you confess that Jesus is Lord and do you believe that God raised him from the dead? Yes. 
That's right. And then do you accept that here at your congregation and together uh, we're here to help you fight sin for the rest of your life so that you can live a holy life and pursue the life that God wants you to live? Yes. All right. Well, then it's my pleasure to baptize you as my sister in the name of the Father and in the Son and in the Holy Spirit, buried with Christ in his death. Let's all stand as we worship our King.
Oh, the perfect Son of God in all His innocence and walking in the dirt with you and me. He knows what living is. He's acquainted with our grief. A man of sorrow, son of suffering. Oh, blood and how can it be? Is it God who weeps? Is it God who bleeds? Oh, praise the one who would reach for me. Hallelujah to the Son of Distant and removed, but she chased us down in merciful pursuit. To the sin of you were graced, and the broken you embraced. And in the end, the proof is in your wounds. It's in the end, the proof is in your
beautiful night. I hope that you feel enriched and encouraged to lean in. One of the heartbeats of our church is to to not only reach people who are not here yet, but to to help each of us reach up in worship, Uh, to develop the heart of a disciple, a heart that longs to be intimate with the Father, to be connected with the Father, not a, a religion that says, okay, I check this off, and I check this off, and I check this off, but one is that is connected in a living life alongside. That's God's heart for you, friend. Whether you're just spiritually searching or whether you've been walking with God or after God for a lot of years, he longs to be connected with you, doing life with you, Mondays with you, even Wednesdays with you, Saturdays with you, Sundays with you, always with you. And so he deserves all our best praise and worship. And so a couple times a year, we do a worship night. Um, I, I would love to just, I, I know you don't ask for this, but I would love just to say thanks to our team for putting all this together. Um, I know it's going above and beyond, and uh, thanks for writing all of what we videoed there. Well done. Well done. Um, so uh, just before we take off, uh, so the going into the fall, this is kind of our way of wrapping up the summer, which I know it's still hot, uh, but we're, um, gonna, we're moving toward the fall. So I just want to invite you to be thinking about maybe e-groups or a discipleship group. If, if you're interested in maybe figuring out a little bit more what does it mean to be a disciple, we're going to have some other discipleship groups that will relaunch coming this fall. If you're interested in e-group, we have e-groups that meet all over the city throughout the week. You can find out more information about that at the info table in the lobby. Next week, we start a brand new series called Flip the Script, and we're looking at just how does, what does the Bible have to say about how do we take care of our mental health and kind of the, the tapes that run and how do we think uh, properly and think godly. And so we're going to look at that for the month of August. Uh, and then we are doing dinner tonight at Cereal Grillers on Speedway. So if you want to join us for that, uh, in about 25 minutes, there'll be a group that gathers there at Cereal Grillers. We, we have a group that goes out to dinner every Sunday night. Uh, not everybody goes, but a lot of people go. And so you're invited to be a part of that. So in about 25 minutes. And if you are brand new, I would love just to hear your story a little bit. I'd love to, to meet you. I'll be at the 10-minute party back in that corner in about 32 seconds. And I would love to, to meet you and kind of just say hey. Uh, and we'd love to get you connected around here and kind of walk with you. So thank you again for joining us, joining us online if you've been tuning in from there. Um, let me just pray a blessing over us as we go. Uh, may, may the anthems that you have sung, May the words that have been on your lips permanate, uh, like permanently imprint upon your heart. Jesus, we love you. We declare that. We confess that. You are the way, the truth, the life. So would you go with our friends that are watching online? Would you go with our friends that are gathered here? Would you be with us this week? Would you leverage our lives to make a difference for you? Would you allow us the privilege of of hearing your whispers, of your delight, of your truth, of your challenge, of your beauty? We want to worship you not just in song on a Sunday night. We want to worship you through our very life and how we live and how we interact and how we react. And so as we go to be the church this week, leaving from this church building, we get to be the church. And so would you send us out to be your church, to be your people, 
putting your love, your grace, your love on display in a way that a watching world would see. We pray that in Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. Friends, we'll see you next Sunday.